Hi, everybody, and welcome to Axles in the Attic. This is a very special collaboration between myself, the creator of the Manly Woman Skatecast, which is podcast about figure skating, and Ryan Stevens, my good friend and the wonderful blogger of SkateGuard, who brings skating history to life and other interviews to life as well. Hi, Ryan. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Good, good. I'm so excited to talk about episode number five with everyone. What is the title of this one? The title of this one is The Luminous Lottie Dodd. Oh, my goodness. This one is, this honestly, this woman is, and I'm sure um, skating is only part of her story, but it's a very interesting part. But this woman is a... She is the renaissance woman of sports, if there ever was one, certainly in her era. So I think that people are going to be kind of blown away by this. So can't wait to get started. Awesome. Well, I'll let you take it away. Tell us about Lottie Dodd. Okay. Well, Charlotte, or Lottie Dodd, was born September 24th, 1871, in Bebbington, Merseyside, England, and was the youngest of Joseph and Margaret Dodd's four children. Joseph Dodd was originally from Liverpool and had, had amassed a fortune in the, cotton, in the cotton trade. And this wealth afforded Lottie and her siblings the luxury of never having to work a day in their lives. Privately educated by tutors and governesses, the Dodd children all found time to pursue their mutual interest in recreation and sports. Annie Dodd, Lottie's sister, excelled in tennis, golf, billiards, and, like her sister, skating. Tony Dodd was an archer, golfer, and chess player. William Dodd won the gold medal at the 1908 Summer Olympics in archery, the men's double York round, in a field of 27. However, it was Lottie who would become known as the Little Wonder and be recognized by the Guinness Book of World Records, which once named her the all-time most versatile female athlete, a, a distinction she now shares with, with Babe Didrikson Saharias. That's amazing. I've never heard of Lottie Dodd until now, and, but I have heard of Babe Didrikson Saharias. I, see, I hadn't heard of her. That shows you how much of a rock I live under. Uh, <laughs> I, only learned about, I only learned about Lottie Dodd and about this story. I had this wonderful book, and the book was all about, um, I was using it for another blog I was writing, and it was just all about an amazing, just an amazing sportswoman. And I think, I think there was something about, there was something about Barbara and Scott or something in there. I think that's why I was using the book. And I'm like, and I don't normally follow other sports. And then I just, I kept on turning the pages. I'm like, this woman is amazing. So we'll get hmm. to that. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get to that. So what earned Lottie this honor? Well, before we get into her skating accomplished. Well, before we get into her skating accomplishments, let's start with a look at everything else, because there's a lot else. In 1887, she won her first of five Wimbledon tennis tournaments on her first try at the age of 15. Hello? That's crazy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> she founded a field hockey team and soon became captain of that as well. She later found herself on England's national team, beating Ireland in an 1899 game. And who scored the winning goals? Of course, Lottie. 
she helped establish a golf club and won the British Ladies Amateur Golf title in 1904. In 1908, she joined her brother in competing in archery at the Summer Olympics, taking home the silver medal in the women's double national round. She also enjoyed horseback riding. And I'm just getting started because those are just the summer sports. <laughs> it's amazing. Honestly, I, is that not enough for, you know, is that enough, not enough for 10 people already? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. So Lottie made her way to St. Moritz, Switzerland, the winter sport and skating mecca during that era. While there, she became the first woman to complete the toboggan course on St. Moritz's world-famous Cresta Run. And Harry Stone's book, Ski Joy, The Story of Winter Sports, explains that there was even an attempt in 1896 at playing cricket on skates. Hmm. St. Moritz, always seeking out rivals, challenged Davos, and ladies included in the St. Moritz team starred, of course, Lottie Dodd, a five-time winner at Wimbledon. She more than proved her worth by taking five wickets for four runs. She also competed in curling. Okay, this woman is Wonder Woman, um, and this is just insane. Absolutely insane <laughs> to me because <laughs> it continues. It is amazing. <laughs> My goodness, it's, it's, it's still going. So yeah. her accomplishments as, as a skater, her accomplishments as a skater were in themselves pretty impressive. In 1896, she passed the St. Moritz Ladies Skating Test in the Continental style and then returned the next year and took the St. Moritz Men's Skating Test, because why not, and passed that one with flying colors as well. Jean Williams's book, A Contemporary History of Women's Sport, Part 1, Sporting Women, 1850 to 1960, tells us a tiny bit more about her skating achievement, which would have been huge and probably quite controversial at that time, of course. Dodd was coached by Harold Topham to pass the men's St. Moritz skating test, training for at least two hours a day over two months in the winter of 1886 and 1887. Although that doesn't tell us a lot about her interest in skating, it does give us a very important clue. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and <laughs> so the clue is, who was Harold Topham? Not any old skating coach. He was a British mountaineer. Guess what Lottie started doing while she was in St. Moritz and wasn't skating? Mountaineering. In February 1896, she ascended Pizzupo, which was 4,002 meters, a mountain in the Bernina Range in Switzerland, and Italy with Elizabeth Maine, another female mountaineer, and photographer and a Swiss guide. After a long family cycling trip in, in Italy that took in three cities, Lottie and her brother Tony headed to Norway and climbed several mountains there. Watch out, Julie Andrews. I think Lottie looked into the future and took that advice about climbing every mountain far too literally. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Lottie's non-sporting accomplishments are also absolutely worth a mention. She was an accomplished contralto singer who performed with the London Oriana Madrigal Society because, of course, <laughs> a piano yeah. and banjo player during World War I, she received a Red Cross gold medal for her service at a military hospital in Spain. She also worked with youth clubs in Great Britain, including the Girl Guides, to whom she taught piano and part singing. Unbelievable. What didn't she do, Ryan? 
<laughs> Honestly, I don't know. I'm sure she was a great cook too. Because you know, of course she would be. So, right. uh, so Dawn wasn't the only athlete to make considerable strides in multiple sports. So we mentioned uh, Didrikson earlier, but uh, New Zealand's Corinne Gilkison, as well, not only won national titles in ladies and pairs skating and ice dancing in her country in 1947 and 1948, but she also won several national speed skating titles, the 1948 New Zealand Women's Skiing Championships, and was runner-up in her country's national doubles tennis and won two Otago Bronze Golf Championships. So, I know. So, so there must have been something in the water back then that we don't know about, you know, (laughs) <laughs> in England, in England, you know, and and the rest of the world for that matter. So that's just crazy to me. It's crazy. Amazing. Well, attending every Wimbledon tennis match until she was in her late 80s, Dodd died at 88 years old in a nursing home in Sway, Hampshire. Amy Nunn's Sports Illustrated article called Wimbledon's First Wonderkind purports a tale surrounding her death that we were absolutely unable to substantiate, but if it's true, makes for quite a movie-worthy ending to a life well-lived. And we quote, It is said that at the time of her death, on June 27, 1960, 88-year-old Charlotte Dodd was listening to the 83rd Wimbledon Championships on her radio in a nursing home in Sway, near England's southern coast. Only 70 miles away, the hydrangeas were in bloom outside the All England Club, and the grass courts inside were worn from nearly a week of constant play. In just a few days, the women's final would be played, and at the end of the match, the crowd would stand and cheer, just as they had 73 years earlier for Dodd. I think that's a nice ending. That's a nice ending. It is a nice ending. A nice ending to a life well lived. And... I I think, see, you know, I think one thing that seems to come up time and time again when you're looking back at at skaters from that era is that a lot of them did participate in multiple sports and did excel in multiple sports because that was kind of what you did back then, but not to this degree. Like, this was insane. Absolutely insane. So impressive. It is pretty impressive. Well, you know, kudos to Lottie Dodd, and I love, I just love the lyricism of that name for all. I know me too. (laughs) And kudos to her for all that she contributed to the sport of skating. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Axles in the Attic, a special skating history podcast series. And if you'd like to learn more about this episode, you can visit both of our sites. We're both going to have show notes posted which will include pictures and video if we have those to go along with the episode we do with almost all of them Uh, they will also include uh, our sources that we use and a full transcript of each episode if you'd like to read along or just kind of look back at any of the information i know we throw a lot at you at each episode and we don't want you to miss anything interesting so you can check that out on my website which is SkateGuard, the SkateGuard blog at skateguard1.blogspot.ca. And you can also check it out at my website at manlywoman.com. Thank you all again for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. And thanks, Ryan, 
as always, for inviting me along on this journey.